Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, and welcome to the latest edition of By the Balls, a new sports podcast with myself, Ross Eppenstall, and John Davidson, my friend and colleague. Um, John, welcome to the episode seven of By the Balls. Everything all right with yourself? Yeah, lovely to be sitting outside in this summer of, I think you, as you coined in the last uh, (laughs) podcast, summer of love. I don't know what you've been getting up to. But uh, no, no, it's been a, it is a, it has been a lovely summer and uh, yeah, beautiful weather again today. Yeah, and English like I would say. Absolutely, uh, busy old podcast today, John. We're going to cover various topics, uh, including Wimbledon, a bit on the Wales Rugby Union team with their appointment uh, of, of, of a new coach, a bit on uh, the England cricket team, and also a bit of state of origin. But only one place to start, and that's with the recent axing of Brian McDermott as Leeds Rhinos. Sacking, discarding, yeah, removal, binning. unseating. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely stunning, uh, the news. I was, I was very surprised by it. What, what was your take? I mean, you're, you're based in Leeds. You, you cover the Rhinos very closely. Yeah, I think, first and foremost, you've got to say Brian has done an unbelievable job. Mm to even be in a, that role such a high profile high pressured job mm. for nearly eight eight full seasons is quite a remarkable achievement in itself to have won four Super League titles and two Challenge Cups during that spell as well is um, well and he's, a World Club Challenge and a World Club Challenge sorry yeah. Yeah, and I think a League Leader Shield yeah treble in 2015 obviously yeah so it marks him out as the most successful coach in Super League history. Mm. So, at 22 seasons, Brian McDermott has been the best at his job, you know, in terms of trophies won, is unparalleled. So, I think some people have said it was, it was, it was a shock. For me, with all respect to Brian, and he's achieved so much, and I've covered his tenure very mm. closely uh, as, as a working journalist, I think something had to give with that losing run that they were on and with the season that they had two years ago when they finished in the bottom four yep. I think that was a bit of an indignity for a club as big as Leeds Rhinos but in saying that they bounced back the next year and won the grand abs- final abs- so absolutely why could, why could he not do that again absolutely, absolutely I just don't think the players that he had who who mm. basically won those grand finals i.e. last season Rob Burrow and Danny Maguire 2015 you obviously all all the big most of the big guns that have gone now yes there's still plenty of talent within the ranks and they have not the elite players yeah 
they're not quite the force that they were, are they? In terms of, like you said, those elite players, and you know, I, I would agree with that in part. But I, that's this is what leads me to speculate that there was more to the sacking than just results. Because yes, there was seven losses in a row, which has now been eight after after he's been sacked, um, and they are in the bottom four. But look, they're not going to get relegated. I don't. <laughs> they'd have to have basically. Um, I think they'd need Richie Myler, um, Stevie Ward. Brian Hall and a few others to come down with season-ending injuries all on the same day for them to be relegated. I don't think that's going to happen, but it just leaves to be there's been a sort of a, a falling out within the within the back team. And and one of the interesting things I think you were at the premiere of this uh, as good as it gets this this film on the Rhinos uh, that came out a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago. And one of the takeaways that I saw from that was how much of those senior players had fallen out with McDermott that year. You know, Burrow that relationship was probably beyond repairable. Um, Lulawai really detested him and obviously he dropped Sinfield in that year as well so it seems that McDermott while he, he got the results he did rub a lot of people around around the wrong way and maybe that eventually has come back to bite him. Yeah I mean that was extremely revealing that documentary yeah, wasn't it? Yeah was, it? it was very good it's, You know, recommend it to anyone to watch. Yeah those those chops that you mentioned there really did speak from the heart. Sinfield in particular actually And um, Burrow. Yeah and Burrow yeah. talking about how he actually considered getting a job away yeah. from rugby yeah. league. Yeah. He was that hurt by what had happened when McDermott basically told him, I don't see you as any more than a bench player. But the Sinfield one was absolutely fascinating where he said he'd written down everything that went on yeah. and that's not to be shared with anyone else. <laughs> he and alluded to a lot of things without going into a lot of detail, but it just basically gave a brief glimpse into behind the scenes and... And obviously, you could say the thing with Dermot, okay, maybe a lot of people didn't like his methods and a lot of fans didn't like him, but he got the results, didn't he? Oh, he you did. Know? And his that record grand final is last unparalleled, year, they had, like they had no right. Obviously, the, the heartache thing helped, but they had no right to win that grand final in the season that, that Cass had, and they, they managed to do it, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, Leeds are a bit like Wigan, aren't they? They've got that winning mentality. Well, don't say that to in, a Leeds fan. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, they've they got do. that big yeah. club. In, they they've got the winning mentality in the mm. DNA. You, you, you're not surprised if Leeds win a, a trophy. You're not surprised but if Wigan. Look at Warrington. The thing, the, Warrington haven't got that, that. You say when that it comes though, to a grand final. But Wigan have got that mentality over decades. Leeds haven't. Leeds have only had that mentality in the last what 15 years when they've had that generation of players. Before that, they won Jack Hall, didn't they? You know, under under our friend Gary Schofield, whoever they didn't win anything. But that generation of players is almost gone now. We've got what Ryan Hall. That's got, a good point. Um, yeah. Who else is there? Jamie Jones Buchanan. Jamie Jones Buchanan. Yeah, Carl Ablett. And Carl Ablett. I'm, I'm told will resign. He'll stay at the club. Joel Moon's obviously yeah. come in from 2013. He's going. Um, you know, Ryan Hall is still a very good player, but is he at his peak? I don't think so, personally. There's talk um, of Hall maybe leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. There are look. I, to be frankly honest, I think they're in a rebuilding phase. I think they were post 2015. Yeah. They somehow managed to win that grand final last year against all the odds, but they are in a rebuilding phase. And you look at the players they've got: Ned Walker and Oledski are two of the best English players. You know, coming through to best two young English players, but it still astounds me that decision and. It wasn't really explained by Gary Heddington or anything why McDermott mm. was sacked. It just sort of alludes you to think that there was maybe... I don't know, I think um, I think it's Adam Cuthbertson who came out and wrote that it wasn't player power against yeah. him, but there obviously were some issues there for, for him to be sacked. Mm. I mean, an interesting one, uh, Kevin Sinfield coming in. 
there's clearly no magic wand. I was at Castleford on Sunday and Leeds got absolutely stuffed by Cass and it it probably they could have got 50, 60 points. You know, the first half they dominated it and they could have had three or four more tries than they actually scored. So that underlines the scale of the task facing Simfield. I think Leeds, with the way the fixtures are, I think they'll have enough to finish outside of the bottom four. Oh, really? You do? In the top eight, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think it all hinges on this game against Wakefield this weekend. That's it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It, it's a massive game. I think but, if they win that, they'll be in a good rega- position. But regardless of that, can you explain to me this dynamic of you've got a director of rugby who does everything but coach the team all, but apparently he might coach the team a bit, and then you've got Jimmy Lowe's, who's effectively a coach, but all he does is coach? I mean, mm. it's... In my knowledge of rugby league, it's it's sort of unheard of. Yeah, I mean, I think Simfield himself has said he's been asked, Kevin, how's it going to work? Mm. And he's and there's a bit of sort of we'll, we'll work that out as as we go along, <laughs> as, as it were. Jimmy Lowe's is a very good coach. Yeah, coach, no you, know, you know very well. Well, I, I, I got well, to know Jimmy. Him, you've a, covered a, a, his Bradford, career. Yeah, yeah, and is I've he covered a, very a bit good of coach. Like, he technically, is, yeah. he is, but. I think he's rather old school, but his methods, the players like, he's, he's what you call a typical rugby man. But let's put it bluntly, didn't get Bradford up, didn't handle himself well with the media, stepped away from Yorkshire Carnegie, didn't he? I th- there was definitely other issues there at, at Bradford, Bradford yep, that forced yeah, him to step true, down. He true. did not. He did not yeah. get sacked. He quit. No, no. What was a sinking ship? As it but proved. it was very embarrassing after that million pound game with his comments. To oh, that's Scott. that's the raw emotion of Jimmy. You know, he, he had an unbelievable winning mentality and desire. Is that, is that as, maybe as why Sinfield's taking the media duties? Yeah, but the thing is, because that's well, look as we know better than most people. That's a big part of coaching. If you can't deal with the media. And that's something that Brian McDermott arguably didn't do particularly well. I mean, there was a lot of talk about these interviews with Angela Piles at Sky after mm. games and how antagonistic it was. It, it's a big part in... But Simfield's a perfect man for that, so I get that. Yeah. But what is Kevin going to be doing the rest of the time in the Recruitment, week? Recruitment, everything else, yeah. Yeah, it's an overseeing role, isn't it? And he's, he's going to have the final say in terms of the team essentially and the yeah I think I it's, think Simfield's number one he's the top boss mm. of that club he's taken on some of Gary Hetherington's duties that's what I was going to say he's almost being groomed as a long term chief it is. Jeff it's a passing well. of the torch from Hetherington Simfield yeah. I'm not sure how old Hetherington is in his 60s I think he? he's about 64 now yeah Gary. so look yeah. he's I'm sure he probably wants to continue on but there's got to be a passing of the torch at some point Simfield is a in that point of view as a CEO CEO chairman director of rugby he's probably the perfect candidate he knows the club he's been there since he was 13 he's a legend on the playing field yeah. but you can't do everything <laughs> you know, no. it can't be Gary Hetherington and coach and yeah and I, I think to be honest I think Jimmy Lowe's most unless they you know really achieve really well in this second part of the the final part of the season I think he'll be gone at the end of the year and they'll bring in probably someone from Australia but I can't see many Australian coaches wanting to come and say alright well you just do the sessions and then that's it you know what I mean? Like head coaches, in, particularly in Australia, think, they like to have the power. I want to recruit this mm-hmm. player. You know, obviously there's some discussions with the CEO or the owner or whoever, but they like to have control. Yeah. And the most successful clubs, you know, you look at your your, your Bennetts at Brisbane and your Bellamy's yeah. at um, at Melbourne. They, you know, they they're sort of what they say goes. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting the fact that this interim coaching team has been put in position until the end of the season, where their positions will then be subject mm. to review by Simfield himself <laughs> so basically as things stand you've got 
Jimmy is head coach, mm. assisted by, I think, Chev Walker, a bit of Rob Burrow now and again, maybe on, on match days. Um, I, I, think it, I think it's Jimmy's job to lose, personally. I'm not so sure that there will be someone. Mm. I think Gary will keep his options open, but mm. if Leeds finish in the top eight, which I, I'd, I'll say now, I, th- I think they will. I think it'd be a bit of a disaster if they make this change with four games left and they don't. I don't don't think they will. Right? Mm. Well, we'll reconvene in three weeks' time on that. (laughs) But they've also got the carrot of Wembley as well. I mean, a Challenge Cup, you can only win two real cups in in Rugby League, Grand Final or the Challenge Cup. If Leeds can rouse themselves under Sinfield for that game on Sunday, August the 5th at Bolton's Macron Stadium and reach Wembley, that will be a massive feather in the cap for Sinfield and Lowe's. Oh, it will be, but I mean, if you get to a Challenge Cup final and you you finish ninth, and you're in the middle eight, I mean, what's more important? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I think maintaining your Super League status, and I think that's probably from Gavin Harrington's point. He's he's fighting a fire with Lennigan and uh, McManus yeah. and about control of Super League on one side, and the other side, his clubs, his, the performance of his team and his club is is dripped. So he's kind of fighting two fires on the same front. So. For me, it's all about Super League. The Challenge Cup is a bit... Of course, they want to win that game. It's a one-off game, but that's that's the bread and butter. Yeah, I'm just saying that I I think they'll finish top eight. And if they did get to Wembley and, and win mm. the Challenge Cup, oh, there's no way you couldn't give Lowe's the job. True. For, oh, know, yeah, if, a if, longer if, they, term. if they achieve both, yeah. Well, Lowe's the job or Sinfield the job, whoever it's got to Well, it sounds like <laughs> Sinfield's there regardless now, isn't it? Yeah. So whoever comes in would have to work yeah. under him. Yeah. It's that, I mean, you'd also have to say it's... If Brian McDermott's lost his job, then the people around him should also have a degree of responsibility as well. The, the coaches who worked yeah. under him. Barry Eaton. Barry Eaton is no longer in the first team. I read this week, it was reported in, in the Yorkshire Evening Post that he's no longer on the first team coaching staff. He's been put elsewhere in the organisation. So whether he's coaching the kids, um, uh, you know, a a junior level, don't quite know, um, but I think I don't. I think Simfield will be ruthless about it. I, I think after that performance, he was quite telling at, at Cast. We spoke to him in the press conference, and he said, "I know what I need to do now. Mm. We know what's needed, and we need to change things." He admitted that the way that they do things. I don't know. He's talking about the structures they've got in place there, the training it's regimes. It's the, interesting. There's going to be changes. A lot of great players don't don't go into coaching careers and have success and obviously Sinfield was a great player so whether he's suited he might be more suited to a, a backseat role you know in the, in the in the front office as opposed to a coaching role we'll find that out but um, one one guy who was also a similarly great player who, who seems to have made a transition well in rep footy most recently a bit of a segue here is the state of origin with Brad Fittler I mean he's just masterminded the, the first New South Wales series victory since 2014 uh, they didn't win the third game but they won games one and two and he had a great stint with Lebanon last year Freddie so um, yeah I suppose it can be done yeah it's um, I mean I wish him feel well he's you know he's a fantastic guy very intelligent you know to he's a, he won seven grand finals as lead captain you know yeah, so much of a, their that's a freakish achievement so much of that golden era mm. was was down to Simfield's leadership and match winning contributions I'll never forget 2015 in his um, his last appearance at Headingley 
in that semi-final against St Helens where I think he kicked the 4 to 20 yes, lead yep. scored off the back of it got to Old Trafford won at Old Trafford again Simfield bows out here with um, Kaida Lulawai and Jamie Peacock so yeah he's got leads in his blood um, cut him open and he's, he's blue and amber roll out the cliches even though he's from Oldham yeah even though he's a Lancastrian um <laughs> He sees Leeds. Leeds is obviously well, his, his club. He's yeah. been there since he was thirteen, like you said earlier. So I think it's I think he's got potential because Jimmy is Jimmy's Jimmy. He's an out and out rugby man. Players players do like him. Um, he's good on the mm. training grounds. Mm. I think with Simfield that overseeing could work. Could work. I, I think that the interesting thing, as I mentioned before, is they are in a rebuilding phase got a lot of players leaving they've got a new young players in I think it's going to be potentially a lean couple of years for them but the interesting is that signing they've just made this week with Tui Lo, well, last week sorry Tui Loahila from Lola Hia from the West Tigers former Warriors mm. uh, player uh, talented guy and can be a bit hot and cold in the NRL but I think a good signing for them yeah is he 23 he can play full back he's fairly young yeah. I think they're going to play him at, at 5'8 aren't well, they well, yes stand off well, you've got Jack Walker and Ashton Golding now I can't see him play full back I think he's a better full back than a, than a half back personally but he should do he's the sort of player creative player that should do well in Super League mm. I think we should probably make that point with, with Leeds Rhinos that they need to start signing these big players again but you can't you can't sign big big players when you've already got a lot in your your team and you've got a salary cap, Ross. That's the issue. Oh no, absolutely. But how what, many? Look at how many internationals they've got in their team and big earners. Mm. No, it's true. But in terms of rebuilding yeah. going forward, well, you I can't think, rely on kids. That at times yeah. it feels like they're well, relying that's, too that's much the on their own yeah. homegrown talent. That's the balance you've got to strike. A strike, and obviously, I think with with Lola here, he's coming in on Joel Moon's money. So Joel Moon was, a, I, I think, a, a decent earner in terms yeah. of Super League. He's going. He's definitely going back to Australia. Lola here comes in, takes over, so it's a good, it's a good replacement for him. I'm probably the best signing though this season uh, is Blake Austin at Warwick for, for next year. But Blake Austin, I mean, mm-hmm. he he was tipped for Origin two years ago. Um, he can be devastating on his days. Well, he so replaced okay. Tyrone Roberts. Yeah, Tyrone yeah. Roberts is going back. He's he's homesick, aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, he's going back to Australia, and Blake Austin, I think, is a great as long as he fits in. He he should really, you know, cut Super League up. Yeah, so you're definitely tipping Leeds for a, a bottom four finish, are you? I think so, looking at the games they've got left. Huddersfield yeah. have got a very tough run in there. They have, but Huddersfield, I think, have been showing a lot of momentum in recent yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that performance against Hull FC last week, they've they've really impressed me. They're getting players back. There seems to be a bit of confidence there. And Catalans have really turned the corner as well. So I think both those clubs uh, are looking good. And interestingly, today in the, in the mirror... Just looking at Matty Smith going to Catalans next year, so that's I think a good signing for them. They've needed a you know a structured halfback. Obviously, Drinkwater's Josh Drinkwater's filling that role, but he's off contract at the end of the year, so a good signing there. And and also today, um, Jackson Hastings, mm. another halfback hooker, um, and he that, could be the man who saves the rest of the season. Yeah. That could save he could save Salford's banking because at the moment I, I was at Salford Hull KR on Sunday. Uh, Hull KR won 52 it was 52-22 to or 52-20 to anyway it was 36-6 at half time Hull KR absolutely spanked them and at the moment Witness and Salford look like to me that they're going down um, 
You think Salford are going down? At the moment, yeah. But this with this Jackson Hasten signing, he is the sort of player. He is that good. He's had his issues off the field, but he is that talented that they need that direction. You know, mm. just too over reliant on Rob Louis. He can provide that sort of spark that can win your games. Yeah. Um, and that's what you need to do in the middle eight. So, I think there's a lot of talk that Witness might be bringing in Charlie Gulp. Uh, prop from Canberra but I think they're probably at the moment the one most in danger of going down witness I think they've lost 11 or 12 in a row something ridiculous yeah it's a, it's been an awful losing run for witness hasn't it can you see any team other than Toronto seriously challenging no for promotion I think Toronto definitely I think Lee if they make the four have the players to do it at least they could beat you know a witness or a Salford I don't think they'd win five games and get enough but I think it is Toronto and I think the way Toronto have been they might even bring in another player beforehand they, they seem to they seem to do that regularly so I think they really are they really are a danger team uh, and they're, they're the real threats definitely so what's your tip then if I had to push you for who who will be in the championship and who will be in the Super League at this point I think it would be Witness will go down and Toronto will come up you think Salford will survive Based on the, the, the Hastings signing mm. and if they can keep the rest of their players fit because unlike Witness, they don't have an academy. They don't have a production line of players they can bring in and it's a very thin squad. Um, yeah, that's that's my pick yourself. Um, I think Toronto will. Uh, and who do you think will go down? I think Witness look extremely vulnerable, don't they? Um, Salford are prone to... The odd pace in here and there, as, they, as you saw on Sunday, can ship a lot of points at times. But you look at people like Junior Sow and Robert yeah, Louis, you know, they can do it against any team. Mm. So I'll probably go with you on that. Um, Toulouse, maybe? No, I just don't, they, they don't have the um, They don't have the squad depth, I think, to to win, you know, the five out of eight games that you need to, to, to go up. And also, I don't think they travel particularly well. I think they're very good at home in yeah. France, but I think they're they're all about a slow build. They're not. I don't think they're they're, they're expecting to be in Super League next year. No. They're they're building slowly, and uh, you know that's that's smart, that's sensible. So fair play to them. Yeah, I saw London a couple of weeks ago at, at Batley, and with all respect to them, Danny Ward's doing a very good job, but I don't see them particularly troubling Super League sides in terms of. I don't think they have the finance. I mean, no. I think they started the season fantastically. There was a lot of expectation on the back of that, but the owner has pulled back his funds, which is one of the reasons why Andrew Henderson left. And I think they're, um, yeah, it, it, I think in these middle eights, and we've already seen with Lee, um, they just signed Brendan Elliott from the Gold Coast. Um, this is when you need to strengthen and push that little bit more. Mm. And London don't have that ability, neither do Halifax, and neither do Featherston. No. So, I, yeah, I, Lee could be a real dark horse if they get in because that. Yeah. What that if team they don't get in though, John? What a disaster that would be. Like you said, well, bringing in this get- disaster doesn't even cover. I mean, no, no. they got a half a million parachute payment, didn't they? Yeah. And or did they lose five out of their first six or something? Yeah, it was a shocking start. But yeah. they've recovered. But then again, they won at the weekend and they're, st- they're still only in sixth place. Well, I, think I think they've got a decent running. I, I think they need not only to win all their games, but they need some results to go their way, don't they? Yeah, I think so. they will do will make it in the top four um, we'll be held to pay if they don't that's for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely well, we talked before about State of Origin you, you yeah. caught most of the third game you, you've watched the other games what have you made it you're a bit of a State of Origin version aren't you Ross you introduced to it this year mostly oh no <laughs> I, I try and catch it when, when I can uh, each year 
Um, Best rugby league on the planet, Ross. Yeah, I, I do like <laughs> the intensity of it. I really do. And what I always notice, and I remember watching the uh, the Melbourne Leeds World Club game earlier yep. this year. You watch these Australian players, and they're just so physically well conditioned, and they all seem fitter, faster, and stronger than some of our players at times. Uh, you know, you, you look at someone like Cleary, who's um, he's going to be a star, isn't he? Well, he's already a star. He's already yeah, a star. Yeah, his first Origin series is a is a victory. Yeah, and just just talk about um, him and his dad Ivan going to um, to Brisbane to. P- p- Potentially, uh, you know, as a as a package Barbers, almost, yeah, yeah, yeah replace like Wayne, Ivan to take over from Wayne as head yeah. coach. The only issue there is their their contracts; they don't come off the contract at the same time. There's there's been an often stated desire for that they want to be reunited. They're obviously together at Penrith, and they want to yeah. be reunited, but it's a big ask to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was um, it was a good game yesterday. I mean, at the end of the day. North Queensland won New South Wales North Queensland 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 sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, New South Wales obviously took the series um, but yeah have you actually been to one of those games yourself? I have yeah yeah, about about a decade ago in Sydney I mean I, I was I grew up on them in the uh, in the early 80s and the 90s in the rivalry you know you'd be at school and you'd be the anticipation and in those days in the games they just they would literally punch the, the shit out of each other <laughs> when I came. That would that would particularly the, in the early the late eighties, early nineties were highlights. You know, you had your your Meningas and your Lewises and your Sterlings and then your Dailies and Stewarts and uh, yeah, they they were great days. But it, it is interesting at the moment because it's a changing of the guard. We talked about the changing of the guard of Leeds. Uh, we're passing the torch. It's happened with Queensland. Billy Slater's last game was a win, which was great for him. No idea how he got voted man in the series and he played two games in Queensland lost only won one of those but hey uh, he's retired Cameron Smith retired before the series uh, Cooper Cronk's gone Thurston's gone they've got some good players coming through obviously Callum Ponga but um, New South Wales it's all the momentum is with them you know and Brad Fiddler's done a fantastic job so it's a good time to be a Blues fan it's been a We've won one series in the last uh, 11 years or something, so it's been a, a terrible. Everyone mm. doesn't even cover it, but um, yeah, it's been a fantastic. I would say, you know, obviously a bit of bias as a, as a New South Welshman, but you watching it and talking to other people, it's been probably the best series for each game in terms of the contest and the way it's unfolded for years. Yeah, yeah. no, the, the ferocity of it and just the they're just unbelievable athletes, aren't they? These well, guys. I saw Dave Woods tweet from the BBC yesterday something about if you you know you, you've got someone who doesn't know anything about rugby league just show them state of origin and you'll have them sold it and that's that's 100% spot on I mean it is I think the international game at its very best can be that you know Australia England the World Cup final uh, Tonga England the semi-final that can be of those colours but origin is more regularly and as you said it's the intensity and the emotion the way the sort of whole contest is put together and the coverage it all builds yeah. together so uh, no, it's been it's a great it's been watch fantastic on, on Sky TV. Uh, just, just while we're on uh, rugby league, John, it's going to be the uh, Challenge Cup semi-finals quite soon, and Catalans for me are emerging as yeah, quite a are. force to be reckoned with. I was at Wakey on Saturday night, and they pretty much destroy Wakefield. Um, 
and Steve Mack has really turned it around there. I mean, to be fair, I think it was Scoey was there, and he said with the squad that they've got, yeah. with the squad that they've got, you know, they should be winning games. Yeah, they should and, be, and yeah. that, that's a fair point. They uh, should be a top eight team with that squad. But after the disruption of, of pre-season and everything, they are looking more than capable of finishing in the top eight. So you just think getting towards that sort of semi-final, it's, it's looking probably a bit closer than what people thought a few weeks ago, certainly. Definitely. I mean, they, they, they've turned things around. I'm, I'm being amazed by how they do it. I mean, I think it's all been sparked by that, that Josh Drinkwater signing. Um, obviously, Luke, Luke Walsh had to retire after his injury problems. Um, and Drinkwater's just given them that organiser who can get them around the field. They've had players come back. Obviously, Kenny Edwards has been another one, a mid-season capture. Um, kicked out of three old clubs, but someone in Super League would take him. And he's never, he's never problems ever been uh, been a uh, ability because he can play, and he, he's had a big impact there too. And um, they are, they're, they're doing really well. I mean, it'd be interesting. I think they'll make the eight, and they could even do some damage in the in the middle eights. I mean, it'd be interesting to see them uh, get a top four spot. But just on the Challenge Cup, I mean, it'd be a great thing for them to make the final. But it wouldn't be a good thing for the RFL, would it? Because the crowd at Wembley would, would mm, suffer. Absolutely. I think everyone's... That's happened before, didn't it? A few years ago. Yeah, they have made the final, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be good for the game, or would it not? The fact that... Oh, I, I think it would be. I, don't, I think I think it would be um, It'd be great for the club. It'd be good for French Rugby League. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, um, I guess we'll have to wait. I'm looking forward to the doubleheader. I think it's a good idea, doubleheaders. Haven't yep. been to Bolton's stadium before, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it's a nice day like today. I just see the Leeds Warrington game. Like we said, Warrington by sixty. No, no, ah, <laughs> uh, no. I think Warrington have been probably a little under par last few weeks. I mean, I've been over in Russia, so I haven't followed them as closely. But um, I think they're definitely favourites going to that game. I think it'll be a Warrington Saints final. I think that would be a pretty good final. Um, but, yeah, would absolutely. But you know, you, you're right about Leeds. They they do have a knack of performing in big games, and they've still got. You know, all those experienced players, your Cuthbertsons, your Moons, your Jones Buchanan, they've all been there before. People who've won, won all these trophies before Obviously, as well. not as experienced, but he won the grand final last year, so they could do it. Um, but I think we should probably move on to Rugby Union briefly and, and Wales. Bit of a change there at the top. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, obviously, the Scarlets coach uh, was a Kiwi, Wayne Pivot. They love their Kiwis. Yeah. He's going to take over from Warren Gatlin after the World Cup. That's right, isn't it? Yep, end of 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive job, though, isn't it, being in charge of the Wales Rugby Union side? And Gatlin, what do you make of his tenure? Oh, he's had a very successful tenure. I mean, he's, um, I think it might be two Six Nations. He's, he's sort of turned them back into a, a top five team. They've, they've been contenders. Um, personally, I haven't always liked the style these teams have played, you know, talk about Warren Ball. It's been a bit one-dimensional for me. But, look, he did a great job with the Lions. He obviously won, uh, you know, when he's, when he's come over. And that's been based on his success with Wales. He, they beat Australia in 2013 and they were, you know, seconds away. Well, they drew the series with New Zealand and seconds away from a victory. And that's, that's tremendous, you know. The All Blacks on their own turf is, is probably the hardest challenge in world sport. Um, but no, no, Gatlin will leave uh, with a successful tenure, and it is interesting because they've had however many, you know, they've had Hanson, they've had uh, Graham Henry. They they love their Kiwi coaches, and yeah. but obviously with Pivik, he's been at the Scarlets for five years. He considers himself almost Welsh, so 
yeah, there's a bit of continuity out there. He's certainly going to know the players inside out, isn't he? There's a lot of good young players at Scarlets who have come through uh, into the national team with Wales, so mm. I guess that's a smart... Uh, another pointer with um, your mate, uh, Sean Edwards. Uh, yeah, he obviously won't be getting the top job. No, I mean, that's interesting. Sean Edwards, linked with Wigan, obviously. He has been, yeah. Where do you see him ending up? Because he's, he's there with Gatland till the, till the end of next year, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's the defence coach. I don't really know because I I know he's a Wigan legend and I know he's a great player and you know he's probably highly regarded as a defence coach but it's a, for your first senior head coaching role to be at Wigan for me is a bit of a too big a risk um, but you know he, he may get the job they're, they're still talking I mean I I know Dave Ferner there's, there's a few candidates from Australia Dave Ferner's in the mix Adrian Lamb throwing his hat in the ring I think Dave Ferner's probably the front runner but he might not get the job uh, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be strange to see what ha- happens there. Both Wigan and Leeds are in transition, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could almost say Ferner still potentially in the mix for even the Leeds job, given that. Well, yeah, the, that, I don't think anything's Like we been said, that, that position, that coaching team is yeah. only in position until the well, end of the season. He played for Leeds, didn't he? He played for Wigan. Um, yeah, he's popular at both clubs. Yeah, yeah, I think he was a popular player. He had a lot of success as a player. He's been a pretty decent coach. Head coach at Canberra, assistant Tim Sheens in the World Cup in 2013 when Australia won. Uh, assistant Cowboys and Paul Green when they won in 2015. Yes, just bracket my brain, 2015. He's obviously at South now and they're in the top four and doing very well. So, obviously, a decent coach. Yeah, absolutely. And just moving on finally, just uh, covering Wimbledon. I mean, Roger Federer, one of the greatest. It's Wimbledon on at the moment. <laughs> it's only been about the World Cup, hasn't it? That's it, yeah. It's, uh, I think attention will turn to Wimbledon a bit more. Uh, now just as, a, the World just Cup. as the tournament ends. Yeah. Um, Federer, 36 years of age now, but an unbelievable, unbelievable tennis player, you know. Oh, one of the all-time greats. Best of his generation? Rocket. Yes, definitely. I'd say up there with Rocket Rod Laver is maybe the best player of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, eight seed, um, Kevin Anderson, obviously produced the performance of his life to dethrone Federer um, in a five-set epic. Did you get a chance to see much of that, John? No, I haven't <laughs> seen a ball. Just, just what I've read, but it, it sort of strikes me that Federer at 36... Is it time to hang up the, uh, say the boots, but the racket, the uh, the headband, um, whatever you want to call it? I think, you know, what what is he playing on for now? He's won everything you you can win in tennis numerous times. He's he's a legend. Um, tennis seems to me to be a young person's game, a young man's game or woman's. Yeah. Um, do you think he's playing on too long? Personally, I think it's probably time to give it away. I think it could be, couldn't it? Um, I mean. He said, though, you know, it only motivates me to do extremely well here again. It suggests that, you know, he's still got that desire. But does someone like Anderson in, in his prime get near Roger Federer? I wouldn't think so, personally. No. He's 36 now. Uh, he obviously looks after himself extremely oh, well. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. He's, he's certainly advancing. The knees, the ankles are going to be, a, you know, a, bit, a lot of wear and tear on them after yep. essentially two decades. Um, but it's, it's interesting on the other side. I mean, you've got Novak Djokovic and, and Rafael Nadal to, to play in the semis, and Djokovic is looking 
you know, more like the Djokovic of old. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're two of Federer's old foes over the last sort of decade. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the new guard, obviously, with Anderson and, and John Eisner. So. Yeah. Djokovic plays Nadal, I think, in tomorrow's semi final. Um, can you see Djokovic? Well, I think by Reclaiming the time they publish this, this game will already be over. But no, I think he could. Yeah, I mm. think if he can get past Nadal, he'll he'll easily be the favourite. Um, and obviously Serena Williams, I think she's the, the clear favourite. I mean, uh, she is just a freak, isn't she? <laughs> Childbirth hasn't been able to stop her. Um, I think she'll clean up in the women's. That's fantastic, John. Thanks a lot for your time. We'll be back soon with another episode of By the Balls.